Enthralling, inspiring, and real. From Chris Bish, 2016. I found your podcast, Startup Diary, back in July, and have started listening to all of them from episode one. Currently on episode 220, so nearly up to date, finally. I didn't want to miss out on any episodes and felt that it's important for me to follow your journey from day one, rather than trying to pick up relevant content from the near past. And I must say that I totally relate to your thoughts and mentality when you are planning six months in advance to leaving your old job and starting your current business, as this is where I am in my current personal life too. Even had my first child on the way due April 2019. Congrats, by the way, mate. I'm thoroughly enthralled in your journey so far, up to where I'm at in your podcasts and really value your openness on the podcast and the personal elements you both bring to them, which makes them so unique. I am very much looking forward to catching up and following you in the present and witness your progress live. Even though my initial business idea is a complete contrast to your business and have only been a concept, an idea, a dream for many years, I find so much genuine good advice and inspiration from you and your team, with the honesty you bring being so valuable, which I hope will give me the push to take the leap of faith and begin my own startup. I just wanted to touch base to offer my thanks for the content, information, and inspiration you have given to me so far, and to offer my best wishes for you, your team, your business, and your family. I hope you continue to grow and become the business you have always envisioned it to become. Thank you and good luck, Christian. Guys, it's reviews like this, regardless of how short, how long, that motivate me and Harry to keep doing the show. So all you need to do is head over to podcasts on your favorite podcast player, and leave us a five-star review and let us know why you listen to the show. On that note, let's get into today's listener question. Hey guys, and welcome to episode 239 of the Startup Diary podcast. I'm always joined with my lovely co-host on the mics. Good morning, everybody. And today we have a listener question. Just to give a bit of context, this question came in as a direct question and they've chosen to keep it anonymous when we say can we talk about this on the show only because well you'll get we'll get into it and you'll understand why harry do you want to get straight into today's listener question sure thing partner <laughs> please don't edit this bit out because this just gives because guys normally we we do little things like this and you can tell energies are high and then we edit bits like this out harry just let, let's just as if we rewind harry can you do me a favor can you go straight into today's listener question certainly can uh i'm keen to hear any tips and or advice you have specifically for marketing campaigns we've recently revamped our website and have a few blog posts up one of the team has a background in marketing but to be honest his experience has been in large corporates and within teams i'm finding that although his strategies are good it's taken far too long to implement and as a startup i feel we should be trying to take lots of things seeing what works and what fails and do more of the stuff that works. I appreciate marketing is not a simple, clear cut process and it can be tough to find what's working. I'm really keen to hear what types of marketing activities you've tried over the years or would suggest we spend some time looking into. For example, are blog posts a waste of time? Do they really generate inbound traffic and leads? What type of website activities do you feel would help generate inbound leads? Would this be SEO and AdWords? And what else would you suggest? Finally, what kind of metrics do you guys use to measure the success of campaigns? Is this as simple as Google Analytics traffic, e.g. page views and hits? 
Or do you consider inbound leads or people filling in online forms as a success criteria? What about the cost of acquiring new visitors to the sites? Is this measurable? Okay, so there's a lot there. A lot <laughs> and, there. And that's not just the rereads that I've cut out. <laughs> <laughs> I literally have just taken like 15 minutes. No, I'm joking. So <clears throat> I think the best way to tackle this is to sort of just revisit those because he bullets some very clear questions out. Yep. And then we'll sort of take it from there and dig a little bit deeper. I think one of the things that I've got the luxury of, which I'll try and apply some context, is because I know the company, I also know the website and I know the user journey that they go through. But to keep it anonymous, I'll just make some more high level suggestions and criteria. I've met mm-hmm. some stuff on this website that you just needs to change. So, Harry, do you want to take us into the questions? One at a time. We'll, we'll go one up. at a time because he did do a great job of just lining them up so it's easier to uh, refer back to. So pro tip, if you do have any questions, <laughs> break it down into nice short snippets for myself to read. <laughs> yeah, I'm a very simple man. Are blog posts a waste of time? I'm going to bundle that with the, the second follow-up to that is It says, do they really generate inbound traffic and leads? So the idea is, is this company writes some blog posts and when someone goes to Google and they start to say, actually, and we'll just take some examples because we did one recently. I don't know if it's before or after the show talking about Red Bull. I think it's going to be after this show, actually. We'll do Coca-Cola this time. Diet Coke. Do do Diet Coke. Speaking of, have you seen the new Diet Coke ad? It is terrible. No, what's it? Talk to me about that. This is a marketing show. Tell me why you think it's so terrible. I did actually, and it's not. Ter- I'm not just saying a blanket statement. It's terrible. You just did because <laughs> I want to dive into it a bit more. Okay. Um, and I had a, I had this discussion with my wife, my beautiful wife, who I love very much, <laughs> who clearly um, listens to the show. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's stopped now. Um, so the latest Diet Coke ad is, and the show's not sponsored by Diet Coke, but if they would like to, they can get in touch. I actually don't want diet. I want Red Bull. Just, I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want Diet Coke in my life. So basically, the ad is probably no more than a minute. The guy buys a bottle of Diet Coke from a street vendor, gets it, turns to the camera, starts walking to the camera whilst it's technically walking down the street as well. And he's like, I like Diet Coke. You know, you might like hot yoga or or whatever. All these random things that most people don't like, and (laughs) and like we saw it once, me and the missus, and we were like, "What did I just watch?" That is the weirdest, lamest ad I've seen. And then the more we thought about it, the more I realised it's because people say they don't like Diet Coke. So the ad is like, most people don't like Diet Coke. I like Diet Coke. You gotta like what you gotta like. Diet Coke, and that's it. But. But I'm, just on that note, I'm still a big believer in when it comes to marketing is whether you like it or not, it still made you talk about it. Like I'm still now holding a can of Diet Coke because you then said but Diet our Coke. Com- our conversation went down the lines of like Coke's obviously that big now that they don't even need to try with their ads. They can just push out a <laughs> yeah. crap ad. It's just it's a case like, of just having wow, the, like, the brand yeah. just put in front of you. So on that note, <clears throat> what we're going to do- Blog posts. <laughs> blog posts. We're going to pull this back. Are blog posts a waste of time and do they generate inbound traffic and leads? The idea of writing any content on a website is when someone goes to Google and they've got a pain point. And let's just say, I can't use Diet Coke as a good example because it's so completely not going to help the guy's business who this is. We'll use our business, trades professionals, okay? So when when a trades professional goes to Google and goes, websites for plumbers, because we can build websites for plumbers, what we want to do is capture that guy's interest, girl's interest, whatever it is, and then get them onto experttrades.com. So the idea of writing any content on a website is 
what stuff can I write about that solves a need for someone that's going to Google? Because all of a sudden, if your product truly solves the need and you can get found in Google, you answer the question and they go, oh, this is a service that answers all my problems. I'm a plumber. I need a website. These guys clearly build websites for trades professionals. They've done over 400, blah, 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 all the value prop. I will then buy from them. On that, when someone writes a blog, yes. is it literally Google reading the blog post and that it sees the keywords and then goes, okay, if someone puts these search terms in, this blog is relevant to that search? Yeah. it's Is, is that how? In very basic terms, yes. Yeah. Uh, what Google isn't doing is not, well, there's an argument to say that it's doing more of this now. So it used to be the case that you wrote, you wrote your article for a robot to mm. be able to easily scan it, yeah. keyword stuffing. So if we were doing websites for trade professionals, and just as a side note, well done, Danny, you type in websites for trade professionals. Now we, we've got spots one, two, three, and four. Like we get a load of inbound traffic off the back of that because we're good at SEO. So what it used to be is like, we just have websites, trade professionals like scattered all on that page because mm. we just want to tell Google, actually, this is- the, Just this keep is, saying it. Just exactly, saying put it, it in there as many times as possible, make it like, mm. put some words in between it so it's not just your keywords, but that used to work. Now you have to write it for a human reading it to actually add some value because Google now does more complex things like taking bounce rate into consideration and dwell mm. time on a page and all this good stuff, which basically means if your customer goes to the page and they don't find what they're looking for and they click back, that's your bounce rate, that moves you down in the rankings. So you have to actually make sure you write a piece of content that people want to actually read that's engaging. And there's little tactics around that, like writing things with hooks that make them need to follow on for the rest sentence and all that good stuff. And then at the bottom of the page, you need to give them a link to go deeper into your website. Mm. What you don't want people doing is going to your website, hitting back, because that is your bounce rate. You want to get them to go deeper into your website. So there's loads of guys much smarter than me to give context for that. But in short, for this question is... Blog posts are definitely not a waste of time because what you need to do is use that blog post in a number of different ways. One, get it to rank for your keywords. So you understand what your business is, you understand what your the problems that your customers have. So what you need to do is then write articles that help those customers or those potential customers solve their problems, okay? Mm-hmm. Secondly, and that builds your authority. That is gonna take time. That take, like this is not a fast win, let's get some leads in the door. Yeah, so if, if they put six blogs out on Friday, is that going to make them jump up in the rankings? Definitely not. No. And we, 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 what we'd say is have a content strategy for at least sort of six months and then stage out and be realistic with what you can do. And then it's a case of actually getting as much value out of that blog post as possible. So what I'd be doing, if, if I'm Matthew Ford who runs our website team, cool, Danny, do me a favor, write me a blog post about SSL certificates for trade professionals and the importance of them because this is a new thing we've just mm-hmm. had to roll out. He goes, okay, so we write those blog posts, we get them onto the website. So then what we have to do, we then have to create an image for Facebook, the importance of security for trade professionals on their website. And all we're doing there is we're taking that exact same blog post, putting an image to it, putting it on Facebook, and then running that advert against plumbers or electricians or carpenters to get as much value out of that blog post as possible. Because two things happen there. One, we build up our authority with trades. Oh, what's an SSL certificate? I'll learn about it. I've got it, like, I'm a trade professional, don't use expert trades. I don't have this certificate thing that they're talking about, but it says it's for plumbers. Mm. So click, read, oh, this is important. Who's this company? Awesome, builds up some authority. And I'm just getting the most value out of that blog post. So don't think of it purely just for SEO. So you start talking about how does it generate inbound traffic and leads. You can use that to then get more value out of it across social networks, LinkedIn, Facebook, wherever your audience Mm. are, repurpose the blog post there. And if you can, try and make it extremely relevant. So what I'd be doing is, we don't do this now, but we should be doing it, is 
Danny or Matt or Jordan should be creating a video and be like, hey guys, it's Jordan here at Expert Trades. We just wrote two blog posts about SSL certificates. Click the link below and go and read it on our blog. Because if you're creating some video content that's on Facebook, it will get more click-throughs. Mm-hmm. Create that feeder content, that micro gateway content native to the platform. So Instagram would be a really nice image with a quote. Like whatever the platform is, make it relevant for that. Is the goal then once they're on um, the blog, on the website, reading the blog, is the goal then once they're at the bottom of the of the article to click buy or find out more or so saying go deeper? 100%. So the problem is... I could give an answer to that, but it's so different depending on mm. the product. So if I'm selling like a five pound widget, I'm selling, there's horrible brands in our office. So if I'm selling this thing here, I've got like an on-air light box, okay? So if I create a cool image on Instagram that's sort of selling this light box, what I'd wanna do is get them straight into the shop and click buy, very short sales cycle, like it, buy it. Depending on your own sales cycle, which is something we'll get into probably a little bit later mm. on the podcast, is you need to understand the customer journey. Like how do you actually get people into being a customer of yours? So for something that's a higher touch sale, like our website package, what we found is people want to actually speak to someone. Mm. So what we'd have on that blog post is SSL for trades people. You need to make sure your website's secure, impact rankings, all that good stuff. Get to the bottom and it's like, did this make sense? Do you want to know more? We'll give you a five minute free call just to explain this to you. Like anything, any Mm. hook to get them on the phone. And then we on that phone call be like, cool. You want to know about SSL? Why did you want to know? I'm thinking about getting a website. Cool, lead. I've got a website. Cool, would you like a free website review? Great. Like one in two of our website reviews we do, we say actually you've got a great website, you don't need one of ours, or your website's pretty crap, you should use us. And we're only honest like that. So that we understand Mm. our sales process to get that, that guy or girl on board. I can add some context to the person that sent in the question. The problem right now is they're not getting all the value. If they wrote the, these blog posts, they are not getting all the value. And Yeah, uh, if, if he's asking, do they really generate inbound traffic and leads, that would imply that he's not necessarily seeing an uptake in traffic when he's put a blog out. Yep. But that's probably because he's not consistently putting them out or not. But the way you were saying pushing ads out over Facebook and targeting, that sounds like it's not just creating a piece of content, it's also being able to target very specifically yes. the right group of people. So the person that sent this question in, I'm just looking at his name now, but I think if we give his name, it might be too much context because I'm probably going to add some more relevant stuff in. We'll just say B Gates. <laughs> yeah, we'll just... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Bill G. We'll go with that. <laughs> so Bill, the problem that you've got right now is your website does not have a Facebook pixel installed. And that sounds like a really small detail, but let's just say you do a great job, get some traffic from Google, and they land on your website, and they read the article, then they go. The problem is, is you've obviously found a pool of people that are interested in your service. Mm. They've had this problem, they've gone to Google, they've searched it, they found your website, and they're learning from you as an authority. When you have the Facebook pixel installed on your website, that allows you to build what's called a custom list on Facebook. So everyone that visits your homepage and you can segment it down to every single page, they could be looking at your pricing page, your about us page, your contact form, whatever it is, you can segment it. So over time, the more blog posts you put onto your website, the more inbound traffic you're going to create. And off the back of that, the higher the number of people that are gonna be on your custom audience list on Facebook. So over time, as you build this machine, then when you create more content, you then create it on the blog post, put it out over Facebook, then run that as a new piece of content to people that have visited your website. And then all of a sudden, you're just gonna keep building yourself up as this authority and you're gonna be put in front of people that you know are interested in your services. And this sort of takes us on to understanding your sales funnel. 
Uh, so I'm not sure if you're going to jump on this with the sales funnel, but he mentions SEO and AdWords. Is that part of the sales funnel or is that kind of bringing it back to this kind of overarching, how do I generate traffic in the first place? I think the key thing on this is if we're thinking about blog posts and writing content and building yourself as an authority, that's think of that as a slower burn. It's going to take some time but it's like this flywheel. So it takes, it's really hard to get started, but as you start getting momentum, mm. like don't forget, you create one great article, then what? hopefully other people like the article, it gets found in Google, it generates you inbound links to the website when people refer to that article from other websites as a trusted authority. Over time, that flywheel starts to build up and it, it's like, write the blog post once, put five, eight, 10 hours into a really good article, and then enjoy the benefits of that over the next one, two, three, four, five years, and just keep layering that on top. So that's a slower burn, but it's super important to do. If this chap is sit there today and goes, Adam, I just actually want to deploy some cash. I want to generate some leads and close some mm. clients. Cool. This is really the difference between like marketing, brand authority, all that good stuff, and just selling. So when he thinks about Google AdWords, this is where he might understand the keywords that people are searching that result in becoming a good client. And just to take that back, this is where it's really important to understand your customer. This guy's in business. He's got clients. I've seen his website. He's got some people on there that are giving him testimonials. Mm. What he needs to understand very deeply is what was the biggest pain point that he solved for these customers and how does he put it into their own words? E.g. Um, winning work with websites as a plumber. No one's ever typed that in, but it's an example. Mm. Oh, I went into Google and I was like looking for like, how do I win work on my website as a plumber? And they found us and then we got them into our leads funnel and then we converted them. So if you look at Google AdWords, take the stuff that people are searching for and rather than hoping your website over time ranks better, creating all this organic content, doing blog posts, moving up the rankings over time, you can actually say, screw that, can't be bothered with that, don't wanna write blog posts, don't wanna wait three months to start showing up in Google, I just wanna pay for these clicks. And everyone knows when you go to Google, like everything right now looks like an advert. Yeah. Like everything on the right. Especially on the- a phone as well now at the moment. It's just ads. It's like the, three the organic screen is, yeah. is ads. So what those are, that's when people are paying for specific keywords. They wanna show their brand, their service, their product against specific keywords in Google. E.g. websites for plumbers. I can say, cool guys, we've got two choices. Go and write loads of articles, build a content strategy, 12 months later, I want some leads coming through. Or go and spend 500 quid and see how many clicks we get to our website and how many of those convert. So what I'm saying is, cool, it's a pound a click for that keyword, Adam. Cool, so if we get 500 plumbers to click, of the space of a month, how many of those come into our website, fill in the form, get on a phone call, and then buy from us. And that's our sales funnel. And they go, oh, actually, uh, we managed to convert four people. So then I just look at the maths. And I go, okay, so if I'm paying 500 pounds, I'm paying 125 pounds cost per acquisition. So for every one customer that converts, I'm paying 125 pounds. Is that profitable for me as a business? Shall I continue to do it? Yes or no? And that's the great things about Google AdWords is in theory, you can then get, you can basically scale up your demand by just paying more money. So you can say, actually, I'm gonna take that 500 quid and I'm gonna deploy 5,000 pounds against it. Over time, your cost per click goes up. There's not that many people using that keyword. So you need to start finding other keywords that people search for. But AdWords is a great way if you just want traffic today, but it's expensive. It's a lot more expensive than it used to be as well. My, my goal for everyone is think about the two things side by side. If you always test the AdWords, pay for some clicks, get people to your website, only do it once you know your website journey, get them into a funnel, make sure you capture the data. 
and then start building your authority stuff on the other side. And once you turn off AdWords, it's it stops. The funnel stops, exactly that. So it's like opening a tap, <clears throat> depending on how deep your pockets are, depends on how much traffic you can get to your website. The problem is never getting traffic to your website. The problem is always getting relevant traffic to your website, the results of being a customer. So don't go spending any money until you understand actually how do I track this? Super important. Uh, and then he just kind of wraps up with a general, what else do you suggest? So above um, blog posts, SEO and AdWords, is there any, any other angle you should be attacking this from? Yeah, I think the best thing I can do is go and download a book called Traction. Like there's an amazing book called Traction, which I'm a big, big fan of. So yeah, the, the best bit of advice I can actually probably give right now, just to allow this chap to go deeper on this subject. And as well, because he's referenced the fact that he has someone in his team that he knows has been in corporate, been in teams to deliver, de deliver marketing strategies, but he needs them to be very more tactical in mm. terms of throw all this at a wall, see what sticks and then scale that up. Go and download a book called Traction. It's written by Justin Mayers and Gabriel Weinberg. And I believe one of those was the founder of a company called DuckDuckGo, which is a competitor to Google that, that doesn't sell you data, basically. It's a private, they're, they're doing some interesting stuff. But in the book, it talks about different traction strategies, as in there's like 22 or it's between 19 and 22 different channels. I added three when we did our presentation because I think they're relevant for our industry. But let's just say there's 18 or 19 different traction channels, anything from SEO, SEM, PPC, trade shows, biz dev, sales, all of this stuff. And what it allows you to do is build a framework in your head in terms of actually what is most relevant to my industry. So anyway, I'm, this is all from memory right now, so probably if I butcher it, but then you build what's called the bullseye framework. So you say, actually, what's the stuff that I don't think will work? What's the stuff that might work? And what's the highest opportunity stuff? And you base opportunity off how much does it cost? What's the size of the audience I can get in front mm -hmm. of? And what's the likelihood of my audience being there? So you go, actually, there's three things that I think are interesting for me. So if we take trade professionals for us, we go, actually, Facebook ads and Facebook groups, really important. SEO, low impact over time, I still wanna do it because I wanna build up that authority. And then we might go trade shows. So we go, okay, on a spreadsheet, how much do each of these cost? Mm. Cool, yep. how many people do we get in front of a trade show? About 2,000, 3,000, how many of those do we need to convert? Cool, go do a trade show, is it profitable for the company, yes or no? Cool, and then this book shows you this framework to basically say, was it successful, yes or no? Do we keep it in the middle of the bullseye and keep doing it, or do we bring something else in to replace it? I would say the best thing you can do is get this book, Give it to every single person in the team that even smells marketing. Like you don't do <laughs> like you don't do marketing for the company, but I actually want you to read this, Harry, because mm -hmm. I think it will help you understand. Actually, Adam, yeah. we could deploy this creative into these three channels and test it very quickly. It just gets everyone just understanding thinking. the concept helps you. Uh, Hundred percent. So I'd I'd go and grab that book. I think it allows you to build a framework that you can very quickly test. And I think one of his biggest problems with this is he's got someone that wants to do the marketing, and he needs it to be more tactical. And if you just say, listen, it's a great way to, to cover the subject, which is, dude, listen. And by the way, I've just realized this is an anonymous question, but when this dude then buys the traction book and gives it to his guy, because I think they both listen to the show, he'd be like, oh, fuck, that was you, wasn't it? That asked the question. He'd be like, yeah, it was, but we've got a good answer off the back of it. Get the traction book, go through it together and say, listen, you're good at marketing. Great. But what you've done previously, I actually need you to just zoom it right in and help us because we're a startup. We need it more granular, more tactical, and I need to understand it. So let's build a strategy up. We'll spend half a day and I'll let you go and deploy it over the next two, three, four months. You can report back and I'll understand exactly what you're working on. It'll also allow the marketing person to feel more autonomous and then have budget and be like, actually, there's the five things I want to do. Here's how much it's going to cost and here's how I can track it. The key thing about all of this is if you don't know where you're spending your money, where it's successful or unsuccessful, don't spend a penny. 
because you're just going to throw all the all the shit, all the money at a wall and see what sticks. The problem is, is when something works, you won't know which half of it's working. So you'll continue to do it all and you're actually wasting 70%, 80% of your money. Yeah, so on um, the knowing the cost of this, it kind of brings us into the last bit, is when he's mentioning what kind of metrics do you use to measure the success of campaigns? Uh, he also says, do you... So he's got a few things. What do you What do you consider is a success and what should you measure? Um, but also, what about the cost of acquiring new visitors to the site? Is this measurable? So obviously it is measurable so long as you know which channels you're pumping the money into. What metrics should you measure? Do you measure? Can you measure? Is worth even measuring? <laughs> 100%. And I think what, what needs to be done first is just map out your sales funnel. Mm-hmm. So because there's ways to... What you need to do is assign a cost to each part of the sales funnel because there's ways to jump different parts of the funnel and shortcut the process. Here's an example. Top of the funnel stuff is blog posts, SEO, inbound traffic to your website. So we're going to write some content, put it on the website, and then over time people are going to find our business and understand what we do. Very high level stuff. A certain percentage of those people will then click through and then go to the contact form and then give you a lead. So cool. So what we have to understand is out of every thousand visitors that go to the website, how many of those convert into a lead? And this is why blog posts take time. Because what you need to be able to do is say, actually from this blog post, this contact form was filled in and that person converted. So you'll end up with looking at something like 10,000 visitors, 500 clicks, 10 leads, one sale. And you go, okay, so I need 10,000 unique visitors to my website to generate one happy active customer how are you going to know um google analytics yeah will that answer the question google, google on where they came from and they're the one that converted in that funnel 100 percent. so google, okay. google analytics 100 yep. percent. set up conversion tracking because that will allow you to deeply understand one the source of your customers because what you might find is yes you've created a blog this way it gets really technical and this is where like dude you know who you are if you want to come and spend an hour in the office just come and do it we'll make a great podcast just to go into the granularity of it but this is where actually if you create a blog post and you let it sit in google that's organic traffic but you might take that same blog post and put it as a facebook ad so the actual source of that customer that converts best might be someone that sees a facebook video mm-hmm. where you the owner of the company go hi guys we do this as a service we've understood this is one of the biggest pain points so we've got this article here that will help you do these three things in your business today without having to hire us click here to learn more you might find that that person clicks reads and goes i really like this guy actually i trust him i'm gonna pick up the phone and then hire his services so the blog post is one thing but how you deploy it into the channels is another thing you've got to check you can get all that from google analytics but then so you know the funnel now so you actually ten thousand visits go into one customer then you go actually let's do a trade show let's do a b2b trade show because this is the services that i sell so we go actually how do we measure that exactly the same way because what we're now saying is, I don't need 10,000 visits to the website. How many people that come through the trade show do I manage to speak to and book a call in with? You just put them into the same funnel, cool. So the trade show cost me three grand to attend. I managed to generate 100 leads. Don't know why I made hard maths for myself, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but I've paid, I've paid 30 pound a lead, that's not, not too hard. So I paid 30 pounds early, I need more coffee. So I paid 30 pound per lead, simple. So then you can, then. As soon as you understand this process, and it's just very black and white, how much do I pay for each lead? 30 quid. How many of those converted? 2%. Cool, let's compare that to the website traffic. Let's compare that to someone that I put on the phone doing cold calls, B2B, trying to sell my service. How many calls can you make in a day? 150. Cool, how many connects did you get? I got 10. Cool, how many bookings did you make? 
one. Cool, do that for a month. How much is your salary? How much is your commissions? Then you can say, actually, to get my sales guy to book an appointment for me to go and close business, it cost me 422 pounds. And you go, shit, that's expensive. But it converts nine out of 10 times. This is the stuff mm. that you can put on a spreadsheet and really understand which channel for me works best and then not be emotional about it. This one works, spend the money. This one doesn't work, kill it. And that's what traction, the framework will allow you to deploy into the business. Cool. Um, I think we will leave it there. Some final thoughts. Basically, I made some notes just to so we could wrap this in a little bow. Nice. Facebook Pixel, get the book Traction. Um, map your sales funnel is a big one. Um, and then just Google Analytics is the answer to all problems, apparently. Google Analytics, <laughs> firstly, I love the fact you made notes. I think it's the first time I've ever done that wrap-up. And I think the key thing is when you listen to this and you go through those wrap-up items, any one of those things that you don't understand go to Google and educate yourself on it. Because there'll be a blog post. There'll be a blog post by someone and then you might hire their services because this is how this whole thing works. You might go, shit, I don't know how to install the Facebook Pixel, how to install the Facebook Pixel. Local agency pops up with, here's how you install the Facebook Pixel and you go, actually, these guys, they know how to do that. They might help me with SEO. So then you go and hire them for their services. What they've just done to you is what you're trying to do to your customers. So just be more aware of actually, where are you hiring people from? Because you're probably subject to all this without even realizing it if they're doing it well. Cool. Guys, if you have a question just like Bill G did, <laughs> you can email in questions at startupdiary.club. That's the one. Questions at startupdiary.club. Or as you've probably noticed, we had two weeks off recently. We've moved the podcast across to Anchor. It would mean the world if you guys can get in the habit of downloading Anchor and then any questions that you've got or any reviews that you want to submit in for the show, you can very simply send us a voice message using the Anchor app, find Startup Diary, send us a message, whether it's a listener question or a review, send it in. We want to hear from you. Thank you so much. And we will see you next time on the Startup Diary podcast.